Welcome to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Chris DeRoe and Mike Bacreslis of Green Private Wealth, Harborfront Wealth Management. Green Private Wealth is a team of dedicated financial professionals with offices in Burlington and Woodstock, and we're here to give you tips and strategies to help you get ahead and have your money start working smarter for you. Today, we will be talking about how you should prepare for your first meeting with a financial advisor and the questions you should be asking. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris DeRoe for the Ride Podcast. And today we're gonna be talking about preparing for a first meeting with a financial advisor. So today I'm here with another host of the Ride Podcast, uh, which is Mike Pack Restless. Say hi, Mike. Hi everyone, thanks for introducing me, Chris. So today we're just gonna talk about, like as I mentioned, the first meeting with a financial advisor. And why we're doing a podcast on that in the beginning of this year is because at this time of year, we're getting um, more people coming in for intro meetings than usual. And a lot of it is because of, well, recently markets haven't been fantastic. So a lot of people are looking for second opinions. Maybe that's why you're going to have an initial or first meeting with another advisor. Um, Or it's just new year, you want to try something new or you've been mean to speak to a financial advisor about your situation. And also one of the biggest reasons most people will take that step forward to go finally meet with someone is they have a significant transition happening in their life. So today what we want to do is just go through some key things to be aware of and to make that first meeting a success and just value for your time to actually be walking into these offices or virtual meeting, depending on which route you're going. Um, so those are some of the reasons, uh, the first thing you want to do is you want to start with clarity. So you have to discuss what's important to you and understanding or helping the financial advisor understand the motivations on why you took the first step into their office. A lot of people have a lot of other things that are quite important for them to do. So they're not usually walking into a financial firm unless they have a transition or some significant reason to take that first step. And you wanna make sure that you're setting clear objectives um, for the meeting when you're sitting down with the advisor, letting them know, okay, I'm here because of this, or I'm looking for some help with this topic. Um, I'm not happy with where I'm at. I don't find the advisors giving me enough service, attention, for whatever the reason is, it's just really important to be upfront to let that advisor know why you're there because you want to make sure the expectations are clear. And that also gives the advisor a chance to come back with, okay, well, we can help with that or actually, no, maybe we're not a fit for you. That's where it's just important to have these objectives outlined and making sure that your expectations are quite clear and just setting clear objectives for that meeting. Um, the next thing is you want to kind of do your check and background before you take step into the financial advisor's office or virtual meeting. And with that, you could do things such as checking to make sure about testimonials or Google reviews. Since there should be one or the other, uh, it would definitely be quite useful to make sure that you're reading through that and seeing, hey, is their clients kind of in the same boat, life stage, age bracket as me? And are they now giving positive reviews and testimonials? Well, that's obviously a good sign. 
if you're close to retirement and you go on and all the testimonials are people in their 20s and 30s just starting out, well, obviously that may not be a fit. So that's where the testimonials can be uh, quite important. Other things to check are things like designations. So Mike, what's what designations do you think are important that, that people should be aware of that advisors should have? Yeah, thanks, Chris. I think the two most important designations would be the Certified Financial Planner designation and the Chartered Investment Manager designation. It's really important that people do their research and look at the advisor's background and experience online before taking that decision to meet with them initially. It's also important to take a look at their website and see, you know, are they part of a team or do they work on their own? And even what are the dynamics of that team? Are they all segmented or do they work together as a whole to service the clients? Yeah, teams are definitely important if if they're working together as a team because it just means you have you're not just with the solo advisor, uh, not that a solo advisor can't service people, but of course, if there's a team, there's just a lot more uh, resources available for that advisor and even for the client. So teams to me are a huge win. Um, Mike, you mentioned the designations. So maybe you can just kind of touch on what they mean. So the two that you mentioned that are, and just so listeners understand, there is a whole alphabet of designations out there. Like the, an advisor can make a career out of adding designations to their name, which is great because it shows that, okay, they're getting much more education above, say, just the norm. However, the two important ones that Mike's mentioned, um, CFP and CIM, maybe, Mike, you can touch on what those are. Yeah, so, you know, we hold ourselves out as planners, and that's why everyone here on the team has the Certified Financial Planner designation. I'm actually currently doing mine right now myself. Um, so, you know, we're held to a higher standard of care with our clients, right? So we're, we're fiduciaries. Um, we take great care of our clients there. We put a financial plan in place for everyone. And then for the Chartered Investment Manager designation, uh, essentially, we're held to a higher standard of care on the investment management side as well. Uh, we can have discretionary portfolio management uh, authority for our clients. And essentially, it opens up a lot more options available. And that's those two are great. And there's also, like I had mentioned, numerous other ones as well, too. And if you're meeting with an advisor and there's a bunch of letters after their name, you can simply just Google that and you'll get um, websites that actually list all the designations that an advisor could have. And maybe there's a specific one you're looking for, or maybe that's not a big deal, but it is good for an advisor to have some of those for sure. Uh, okay, so Mike, you kind of touched on that. It's also important uh, to look at the advisor's digital footprint, which is just checking the advisor out online, the website, hey, is there a team? Um, what size of firm are you dealing with? Uh, is the website professional? Is there articles? Is there white papers? Do they have podcasts, videos to educate yourself? Because where that's important, um, I just know this from the experience of having our, our podcast and that is that it gives you a chance to listen to the advisor and their tone, get an idea kind of somewhat of their personality, how they service people, their kind of rationale on things. And it, it's kind of a bit of an intro into um, what they're about and who they service and, and the services they have. So maybe you start listening to that and you're like, whoa, okay, I there's this is just not going to be a fit, I can tell. Or 
you're intrigued, you listen to a few episodes, you kind of get used to that firm or advisor or team. And then you're like, okay, I've done, I spent a bit of time before I go into their office or have a Zoom meeting. And it, it just allows you to kind of research them from a distance before committing to the time to walk into that office. So that can be quite important for people. And that's a lot of feedback that we've received over the years by having these podcasts and stuff that it, it helped people. And there's probably people that listen to some of this stuff with us and they realize, you know what, not a fit. And that's not a bad thing either because that saved them time and us time. So it works on both ends. So the, the social media part of it is important to to kind of look at first before you make that next step. Okay, so the next thing is um, just basically establishing your criteria, kind of giving the advisor your checklist, uh, determining the qualities you're looking for in a financial advisor. Like one question I'll always ask is, if they have a previous advisor is, okay, um, obviously confidential, I don't even need to know the name of the advisor, but just let, you're here for a reason, so I wanna make sure that um, we're a fit Tell me the, the good things that your advisor did and the things that you weren't happy with. And let's let's hear what those are. Um, and sometimes I've had some clients and they say things that they don't like about the advisor, um, such as maybe they just say really awful returns. Well, it's not as simple as that. Like we ha- you have to look at the risk level, the market, like are they being realistic with that? Or they're just, they weren't provided enough information on what they were in during a certain time and they feel that even though they were down, it was because of the advisor and maybe they didn't realize that time the market or comparing it to benchmarks or peers that everyone was down even more than what they were. It's just those type of things that we have to make sure that that people's expectations are clear when you're meeting with an advisor to make sure that they're gonna be a fit. And you wanna make sure that the criteria that you're asking for can be met from the team that you're about to give trust to and all your family's financials and making sure that you're just having that checklist and talking to the advisor and listening to who they work with and making sure that you are a fit for them. All right, so we've touched on a few things today, uh, such as clarity, expectations, Researching their social media outlets, reading testimonials, checking out the advisor's digital footprint, all those types of things. Um, let's just, I just want to touch again on, I, I mentioned having a list of questions, just being prepared before you walk or meet with that advisor for the first time. So as, as I've mentioned here, it's important to have that list of questions. And some of the questions that we routinely get asked are, um, things like, well, how often do you meet with clients? Is there a minimum? Um, a client like me that has X amount of assets, what services would be included? Can you show me what those services are? Um, fee, of course, comes up. What do you charge? What's included for that? How is it calculated? Uh, all these types of things come up quite a bit. And it's just, you don't want to be in there or meeting with the individual and you now you forget some of your main questions. So it's just good to have that written down before you meet with the advisor so you can make sure that everything's addressed and help you um, go through this to see if it's something you wanna book another meeting with or keep looking around. And it is like anything, it's always good to meet with a couple just to get an idea of what's out there and to make sure that they're a fit for you. 
Okay, well, we touched on a few things there, questions-wise. Mike, is there anything that I forgot or that you wanted to add in regards to this? Well, Chris, I think one of the biggest things is that, you know, when you meet these uh, an advisor for the first time, uh, you know, it's important to trust uh, your gut instinct, right? Do you feel comfortable with that individual? Can you see them you working with them for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years? Ultimately, when our clients come to us, we build that relationship on trust and you know, we're not in it for the short term. We look after them and their families throughout their whole lives. So, you know, we really put a lot into it. And that's why we encourage people when they meet with an advisor for the first time to do the same. You know, do your homework, see if this person you think is a good fit. And then if you think it's a great fit, then, you know, great. It's 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 encouraged to sit down and meet with us. Yeah, good point. And as, as you're mentioning, I just I don't know why I just thought of this, but it's also important to ask um the meeting expectation or talk about meeting expectations. And I don't mean frequency, I mean location. So years ago, that wasn't even a topic because it was all mostly either in the office or sometimes at, at, at across a kitchen table. Uh, now we do quite a few virtual meetings as well. So do you, what's your preference? Do you want to meet face to face? Do you want to meet virtual? Um, some firms or some advisors, I, I believe, still will meet in the home. So if if those things are important to you, uh, are, do you have to meet an advisor at 9 or 10 o'clock at night or weekends? Like those are important things to make sure that you're very clear on going forward because some advisors um, will definitely not be working weekends or late evenings. So that would be something that if that's what you're expecting to make sure that you're very clear on is, location, frequency, all that stuff in regards to meetings, just so you're getting the proper fit. Uh, I think I've, I think we've touched on everything, Mike, for today anyways. And um, basically, all these tips that we gave today, it's just to really help you or lead you to a product, productive partnership with your financial advisor and you're starting a new relationship with them and you want to make sure that you found the right one because... You want to try and avoid going through all this, moving everything, getting comfortable and set up, and then you realize, okay, this is definitely not a fit and we've got to go through it all again. And this is what the purpose of this podcast was today, was to hopefully give you some tips to avoid that. Thanks, for, as always, for listening. And um, if you want to listen to more of our episodes, as always, you can find us through our website, which is green, like the color, privatewealth.com. And at the top of our website, you'll see our podcasts and there's over 70 different topics there for you to listen and educate and whatever you need. Thanks for listening. You've reached the end of another episode of The Ride. Connect with us on our website, greenprivatewealth.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify for more financial insights. See you in the upcoming episode where we look at strategies on how to make your money work for you. Until next time. Any viewer opinion expressed in this presentation are solely those of the representative and do not necessarily represent those of Harborfront Wealth Management, Inc. The information contained herein was obtained from sources believed to be reliable. However, accuracy is not guaranteed. The information transmitted is intended to provide general guidance on matters of interest for the personal use of the viewer who accepts full responsibility for its use and is not to be considered a definitive analysis of the law and factual situations of any individual or entity. Any asset classes featured in this presentation are for illustration purposes only and should not be viewed as a solicitation to buy or sell. Past performance does not necessarily predict future performance and each asset class has its own risks. 
As such, this content should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional tax, legal, or professional advisors. Prior to making any decision or taking any action, you should consult with a licensed professional advisor. Harborfront Wealth Management Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Canadian Investment Regulatory Organization, formerly IROC.